why I have a problem. Um, here's here's what I was saying while the mic was muted. My team, shut up. <laughs> my team uh, <laughs> decided to start Kirk Cousins for the past three games. Right. And can you hear me? I I can hear you. Go right ahead, man, because I want to hear this. Okay, because you said hello, and I'm like, whatever. So, uh, anyway, they decided to start Kirk Cousins in the first three games. Along with starting Kirk Cousins in the first three games, Colt McCoy is the backup quarterback. And Robert Griffin III is the third string non-available quarterback in any situation. Before you go any further, before you go any further, say that all, complete sentence. To say the whole statement again. No, I mean if you if you're deaf, put on some hearing aids. I'm not saying that again because it hurt my feelings. But this this Kirk is why I'm upset. McCoy this is, is back up, and Robert Griffin III is the non-active quarterback, third string. Thank you. Unbelievable. Okay. And, and and this is my point, ladies and gentlemen, that Kirk Cousins is a zone-only quarterback. Some people say he's a fourth-quarter quarterback, and that would be exactly what I'm saying as far as a zone quarterback. I noticed during that game that when the Giants played zone, Kirk could complete a pass. When the Giants played man or zero coverage where they blitzed the crap out of him, he couldn't read the proper person to get the ball to, or the ball was underthrown. Three missed Uh touchdowns to Jordan Reed. Three missed touchdowns. Killed me. I picked up right. Jordan Reed in one of my fantasy leagues, and I'm just screaming at the TV of your quarterback, unable to get the ball to a wide-open receiver in Jordan Reed. I'm screaming. Well, now, now I agree. Jordan had a good game. He could have had a you know, phenomenal game. Had, monster game. He should have had a yeah. monster game. If if you know Kurt wasn't throwing off his back foot, or if he just put the ball out there like ten more feet or whatever, I mean, two prime examples. Jordan Reed was outside on a cornerback, beat the corner, right. going down right. the sideline, had to right. slow down, almost stop where the cornerback um, tipped the ball, and I right. believe that. That turned into an interception, if I'm not mistaken. No, that one one didn't turn into an interception. Victor, you can't tell me he doesn't have enough arm strength to throw past him so the guy at least has a shot to go after the ball. Dude, I'm telling you, he doesn't. 30 yards in a cloud of dust is what he has. Seriously. Uh, I mean, Jeff Garcia has a stronger arm right now than Kirk Cousins. And remember, I like Kirk. Now, on another play, where he, he made the correct read on a blitz uh, man coverage, and Jordan Reed is beating a linebacker to the corner of the end zone. I mean, right. it was straight right. up and down. 
the ball short. And luckily the defensive back or, or the linebacker, his back was to the ball and he didn't look around and it drops like not that far away from him. But you know why, right? Put, why what? Why his back he, was to the ball? The, the reason why the linebacker didn't see the ball, he was so intent on trying to catch up to Jordan Reed. Exactly. Versus exactly. If he, if, if he had tried to look back for the ball, that was an easy interception for him. Easy. Easy. So my point is, ladies and gentlemen, I love my team. I really do. But when the best quarterback, and he said it this summer, and Jerry and other people told him just to shut up and everything. And I told him, hey, look, you need to calm it down. But he told the truth. He is the best quarterback on the team. I'm talking about Robert Griffin III. When you put him as a third-string, non-available quarterback, chemistry, whether whatever it is, you are hurting the team because of the lack of talent you decided to go with. For whatever reason. Can I jump in there? I'm going to let you jump in in one second. I'm going to let you jump in one second. I'm going to refer to a player like Jeff George, gunslinger. Everybody loved Jeff George, but Jeff George couldn't win. Uh, Well, I'm I'm getting – but Jeff George couldn't win, and he had a bad attitude. So I can understand somebody like that, where you're you're constantly just – you know, negative, and you're just going to throw, 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 and say, screw the coaches. People didn't like Joe Montana at first. But Joe Montana and Bill Walsh got on the same page after a rocky start, and look what happened with the two of those guys. My point is, if you have all this speed, because you don't have tall wide receivers, the tallest one is Ryan Grant, and for whatever reason, he didn't even play the whole game. But when you have, you know, Smurfs, so to speak, going back to the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, you have speed and you can throw the ball down the field. But if you don't have a quarterback that can get it there, it won't work. It, it just won't work. And I noticed on a lot of plays in that Thursday night game, they ran short routes, intermediate routes, which were good because that's what he can throw. However, at the same time, he wasn't completing them when they were man-to-man. And there was one third and five, I think it was, where Pierre Garçon was going down the sideline. And uh, it was double outs on both sides and both outside receivers going uh, downfield. Had he pumped that out route and threw the ball up to the receiver on the outside, it would have been a touchdown. Now I got it. He got the first down. Got it. But that's what I'm talking about reading the defense. Just reading the defense. They, all the daggone Giants had to do was stop our running game, which they did because we didn't run the ball, but what, 15, 16 times. So when you take Matt Jones and Alfred Morris and make them a non-factor and throw the ball 47 times, you are not doing yourself or your team any favors. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was my review of the first game of the week and how I feel 
that the Washington Redskins are sabotaging themselves by not playing Robert Griffin III. It's going to take, it's going to take in my opinion, it's going to take Kirk Cousins, who looks dejected on the sideline after every bad play, which is not a good sign for a starting quarterback. It's going to take him to throw two interceptions every game like he has so far. And everybody's saying, okay, look, this guy, no, put in Robert Griffin III. Once they go to uh, FedEx Field and the chance start going RG3, RG3, whatever, that's what it's going to take. Even when they put Colt McCoy in, Colt is going to have some of the same issues. You probably will be forced to play RG3 by week eight. You're going to be forced to. That's that's what I got, JT. Go ahead. A week eight may be too late. And we wouldn't be at this part, or this wouldn't be happening if your boy, or I should say your man, RG3 couldn't shut them up in the first place. <laughs> Keep, try to stay Try to stay a little bit more humble. Stop being so forthcoming <sighs> with the media. With the media. So tell the truth. And so tell the truth. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me let me say, let me say you something, man. Just and, and I keep on saying this, and I keep on regurgitating the same things over and over to you, and it doesn't seem like it's 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 um um hitting hitting where it should hit. So we're going to blame RG3 for Kirk Cousins' ineffectiveness? No, 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 no. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and other, Andrew Luck, all these guys don't tell the truth. I mean, I'm not saying they're lying, but they don't tell the truth. They, they – uh, spin it so if it's bad, it's on them. If it's good, it's on the team. Robert Griffin III does not do that. And that's an issue with the team, with the media, with the fans. He doesn't do that. And that's a flaw. You can't do that. You have to be more humble and less forthcoming with the truth with the media, regardless of what you, whether you like it or not. He hasn't so, got that. I don't know. Wait a minute. I don't understand it. And when you don't perform on the field and you and you talk about things in the media, that just makes it that much worse. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I you got you. Stay I got humble. you. I got you. You, you got to stay humble. You got to stay humble for the fact is it's not always going to be uh, bright uh, bright sunny outside. It's going to get some um, clouds in the in the uh, in the uh, sky at some at some point. But if you're humble, some people, uh, most people can deal with that. But if you start talking and <laughs> saying the wrong things at the wrong time, you and, and and really haven't done anything to 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 to, to warrant that, you're going to get burned. And he's well, got burned. Now, my, wait a minute. Let me finish. Oh, and my 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 other issue my other issue is this: Robert Griffin III, and it's quite obvious, and I can't believe his agent hasn't suggested this or told him to do this, or or he he thought of it all, all on his own. Needs to work with a quarterback, a former quarterback, or a quarterback coach during the summer, 
to work on on different things that he needs to improve on and not rely going into the season and being able to to uh, perform just from natural talent. It's obvious he needs uh, special tutoring and be able to read, be able to read and understand coverages and his footwork. It's obvious he needs somebody to work with. You see with Kyle Kaepernick, he had issues the year before, and I, and I specifically say this because this this guy went to a former quarterback in Kurt Warner to work with him to try to improve his quarterback play. Tell me why the boy hasn't done that when he's been up and down for the last two seasons. Uh, and I'll take away look well, here. His last two seasons, he's been up and down. He's been sorry. He's been horrible. And well, he there's hasn't two worked things. with anybody other than the there's coaching staff. Things, and, and obviously, obviously, he needs somebody one-on-one to work with him and he hasn't even reached out to anybody to do that. JT, I got a problem with that. I got you. I understand that. There are two things I'm going to say. The first thing I'm going to say is I'm glad you talked about staying humble and not talking so much. So maybe you need to change the name of your team, the ESPN League, always talking, never humble. So, you know, that's a good point. So shut your pie hole and change your team on that one. So, you know, no, we got no, that no, one, right? No, 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 Yes, 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 yes. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me finish. I, 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 I got to respond to that. Let me finish it. it. Even oh though I haven't started well, I have done well in that league, and I, and I have cause so I can talk. I won the league, and I've been very competitive in that league, so don't go okay. there because hey, I hey, have RG3, been very competitive in that league. RG3, Did I win that league RG3, last year? Did I win a league last Jerry, year? Jerry, Jerry, RG three. Did I win a league last year? Rookie did of the I, year. Did I win? When he played, did I win and he that took his team to the playoffs and, and a division and, and title. Just, so, and that was just one, hey, one it's year. Okay. And, and, and it's okay. He, he it's had okay. done nothing. He had done nothing now, since then. Nothing. Now, okay, listen, listen. He's also been hurt. Now, some of that has been his issue, and that goes to That's the on him. to the. But that goes to what you said secondly. Why hasn't he worked with anybody in the summer? Yes. And yes. to be honest, to be honest, it's because he's been rehabbing in the summer. Oh, both he, he years. can rehab and still work with years. somebody, no, man. No, no, not with footwork. Not if you're if you're telling if you're telling somebody that's had a torn ACL on his knees and that he had some issues to do footwork, put stress on his knees prior to going to training camp. And and prior to uh, doing contact drills, then you're you're asking to uh, have more issues than you already have. Now I, I agree with you. I agree that he should have uh, have some type of tutoring. Whether it's okay, we're going to sit you down and you're going to watch eighty hours yep. of footage, yep. and you're going to yep. uh, uh, you know dissect every play. For the next two months or month, I I agree with, you with, with that. Uh, uh, yes, one hundred ten percent. The physical stuff, the physical stuff. Him actually reading the coverages, he would have to do it. He would have to do it from a stance of okay, well, somebody's putting him in a shotgun, and he doesn't have to take any drops. That's the only way I can see him doing physical, physically doing stuff like that during the summer when he was rehabbing. Now here's your deal, and I want to get off of this because we got. Uh, several other games to talk about. 
But RG3 is a guy that I really, really believe is suffering from um, a bias. I really believe so. Now, is that bias warranted? Maybe. But is the treatment warranted? No. What kind, no. What kind of bias? Um, well, and, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden. Tell me, Gruden, tell me I'm if he telling didn't bring on himself. Gruden, on himself. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden and his offensive play calling, uh, and his offensive coordinator called way too many passes during the time that RG three was at quarterback. Got it. RG three has the arm. RG three can move. He can make things happen. But whenever you set a quarterback up to be hit so many times and you already know he's fragile, that is a coaching issue. Instead of, okay, well, you're telling him, don't check out of my plays. Don't change my plays. You run what I call when I, I send it out there. And he does that. But he gets hurt doing it. You, as an offensive coordinator, as a coach, should be the ones to say, all right, well, you know what? Let me run Alfred Morris. Let me run Matt Jones. Let me run whoever. Three yards and a cloud of dust is better than uh, one good play and the quarterback's out for the season. That is a offensive coordinator issue. Let me ask you something here. Um uh, three three games into the season, who's the starting quarterback? Uh, we don't have one. But the, three the games point into is, the season, who no, has been I, the starting quarterback? Let me, let me, let me okay. be more specific. There you go. There three you games, go. Three games, three games into the season, who has been the starting quarterback? That has been Kirk Cousins. And your three point. games into the season. Three games, you're going to get my point. Three games into the season, Jay Gruden, I'm pretty sure, has been been calling the same plays he called last year when RG3 was uh, the quarterback. Nope, 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 nope. The Redskins, not one time, not one time last year, ran the ball more than 24 times. Not one time. First two games, okay, they gashed St. Louis 39 times. Against Miami, they ran the ball 28 times. Against New York, 14 times. Well, that's not the same. And and the Skins were in the game, in the game, prior to, even after the safety, after another blocked punt. That's been a theme well, since Jay Gruden has been the the, the court uh, the coach. They get at least two block kicks every season over the well, past that's, three that's years. The, that's that's not Jay Gruden's fault. That's a special teams coach. I got it, but he, that's, who, who, that's who, who picked have, the coach? That's, that's, that, I understand that, but I mean, it, it's still. I don't know if he changed the special team coach from last year to this year. I have no they idea. Did. I'm not they sure did. about that. Okay, they did. Well, see, he was trying. Trying to uh, uh, improve it now, and it didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going. He either has said something to the coach at the time, or it, it did, will say something to the coach um, about um, the uh, uh, poor play on the uh, special teams. But well, they fired. They fired last year's kicker. 
and brought in a new guy. And the new guy is a pretty good okay. kicker. But the punter, Zab Rock is a good punter. I mean, uh, uh, Ch- uh, Chaz Way is a good punter. It's the protection scheme. You, you have a catch and release. Okay. And I, I don't yeah. know if you're familiar no. with the term catch and release in football, but, you know, whereas you you take, you absorb the first guy and then you release him. The problem is the sure. kicker takes two or three steps to punt the ball. You cannot catch Absolutely. and release. You can't do that with that type of kicker. You have to have your gunners on the outside protect and every I mean go down the field and everybody else protect. But go ahead. I I I totally agree. But I mean I'm just just still saying that. Now I'm not saying that the uh <coughs> the play calling and the coach may be a problem. I'm not saying that. Um and I really had a problem with the way that they started the game. Throwing the football instead of running the football, which was I I, I you know, they're a running team. They have two guys that um, um, can run the football. They started off with Matt Jones instead of Alfred Morris, which was a surprise to everyone. And yep. they also started off with throwing the football versus running the football. Majority of the time they threw the football in the beginning before they ran it, which you know, I know they probably wanted to throw the Giants off, but that's overthinking the, the fact. What you do best is running the football. What you do best, you are number one in the league, if I'm not mistaken, are running the football. Yep. Why but go that's to the pass with a suspect quarterback? Um, but, Jerry, I Jerry. To, yeah, I have to question the coaching on that. Well, that's that's my point. If if that's the formula for us to win, you can't sit here and say RG3 is terrible because that's what they did the past couple he years. He is terrible. Throw, he is li- terrible. Listen, listen. He, when you don't help him the first year, the first year when they did the read option, he was running and whatnot. Alfred Morris burst on the scene and became a household name because they ran the ball. Then they decided, okay, well, you know what? We're going to throw the ball next year. And Alfred Morris became less of a factor in, in year two. And RG3's flaws were exposed. Then last year when they decided, okay, you know what? We're just going to throw the ball some more. And uh, since we got all this money to Sean yep. Jackson, Pierre Garçon and stuff, we're going to throw yep. the ball more. Yep. And it didn't work. Just run the yep. rock. And that's yep. my problem with the coaching. And that's what I'm saying. I, well, you can't, in, in good conscience, tell me that RG3 is solely responsible for the misfortunes of RG3. I, I it's, it's not. But – that's the way you come well, across. Well, 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 well. He didn't. Con- he, he hasn't. Con- he's contributed greatly to his demise. Let me put he it did. that way. He, he did. He contributed. He, did. he contributed one for thinking that he was bigger than a team. Thought he had the owner's ear and could do whatever he wanted to do because he had such that's a, a a a good year. The first year where they catered the offense to his skill set with the read option. And that's one of the reasons why Alfred Morris was doing so well. Look, the history of the league with the re-option quarterback. The youth leader running back, if it's any type of running back that's worth his salt, had a very good year with a re-option quarterback. So Correct. that's the history of a re-option quarterback. The running back should have a pretty good year uh, if he's any kind of running back. But the following year, they decided to go away from the read option, and that was – a problem for 
uh, RG3 because he's a read option quarterback. He's not a drop back quarterback. He's not the type of quarterback that that's going to drop back and read, read defenses. And uh, I got to fault him for not being able to convert himself from a read option, knowing that Listen. for most coaches, for most coaches are not going to have a read option quarterback. They're going to want a quarterback got, to sit back there and, and maybe a mobile quarterback moving move around like, like somebody like Aaron Rodgers and being able to um, improvise on a play or roll out left or right um, a, a design play. Or even quite naturally be able to sit back. And he hasn't been able to uh, adapt to that. And that, that is his fault. No, because listen. We, that's his fault. That's his JT, fault. He's got to be. He's got to be able okay. to to adapt to, to what the, really the NFL is about. Not and listen, not fall back on, got, on his, his past that. successes. I got that. I got that. And we're about to cut this short. But here's the deal okay. on that. When you when you say okay, it's his fault in year two that he didn't adjust. How about year two? You change the play calling to support somebody that you know has an issue with his 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 um legs and call more run plays and don't tell the public or don't tell you know uh everybody else he shouldn't be changing our calls he shouldn't be doing this stick to the play call well he he checked out of your pass play into run plays and then when you had him throw the ball he was unprotected. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it's his fault completely. I buy well, he well, is responsible for some of it, but he's being, he's doing what he's being told. And that's, let me not, ask you something, you know, uh, uh, leaving it to three yeah. downs and a cloud of dust. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. And I, and I hope you would, well, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to answer, answer this truthfully. And does Robert Griffin III knows how to stand in the pocket and read defenses? No, no, he doesn't. Okay. He's a two. He's a two read guy. He's a two read guy. And again, and, and, that is that, that's pro- not a problem who, 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 if you play action. If you fault, play action, that's not a problem. That? Whose fault is that? Guy. Whose fault is that? I, I I didn't say. Remember, I told you. I I think he he has some culpability in this. However, when when the Some. teams that you're playing, when the teams you are playing know that you're going to throw the ball, when they know you're going to throw the ball, and you haven't set up the the pass by running the rock enough, and that's the scouting report on your team, not on just the quarterback, but on your team, you don't have to plan but so hard to get to the quarterback because your offensive linemen are going to get beat up because they have to pass protect every dag on down. But again, we're going to talk to the subject because we got to get to the other games. Um, no problem. But uh, we disagree on it, but not culpable, man. I mean, he, he has to take some responsibility. Yeah. He takes I didn't say he didn't take all of and and holds holds on to the ball too long. Oh my takes a goodness! Two, two step drop instead of three step drop. Takes a four step drop instead of a five hey, step hey, drop. Takes a Jay six Green. step drop instead of a seven step drop. That's a problem. Okay, Your Jay offensive Green. lineman 
hey. your offensive lineman know what the play call is, whether it's a five, three, or seven step drop. Got it. If he doesn't take, got it. he doesn't take the, the the right drop, his offensive lineman are, are thinking this is where he's supposed to be. If he's not there, whose fault is that? Hey, Who's Jay Gruden. That? That's just like calling the woman that gets raped the victim. I mean, not the victim. You call it her the accuser. But okay, Stop. let's move on. Stop. Let's move you know on. What I'm talking about. Stop. Yeah, Come you call, call RG three who's getting raped the uh, the person. But let's go to Cincinnati versus Baltimore, where yeah, you know this is an, <laughs> this is an interesting game because Cincinnati is surprisingly doing well and in a big move that hurt a lot of fantasy players. A lot of fantasy players last week. Jeremy Hill was benched after fumbling the ball in the first Killed quarter. Killed Giovanni me. Bernard, it hurt me in one of my leagues to the point that I benched him this week in one of my fantasy leagues for James Starks. For wouldn't James Starks? James Starks, do yeah. Well, wouldn't do it. We'll see. We'll see. But the point is, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, that that was a killer last week. And last week, the team they're facing, the Baltimore Ravens, lost with 21 seconds left in a game to the Oakland Raiders. So, 0-2 Ravens take on the 1-1 Cincinnati Bengals. Steve Smith, after week uh, two, where he was targeted 15 times, and I believe he had 10 of those receptions, is the clear. Well, that was my point. He is the clear sole target in Baltimore. That means Justin Forsett's running lanes and passing lanes are not there uh, in that Mark Tressman offense that Jerry so, uh, and I agree with you, uh, is so fond of because it's very uh, quarterback friendly and, and receiver friendly. So with that being said, Real quick, JT, let's talk about this Baltimore-Cincinnati uh, game. Who do you have? And really quickly break it down. Um, <clears throat> wow. I, I have to have Cincinnati. Any dog's playing well, and I, I got to believe there's a lot more weapons uh, and firepower on the Cincinnati side, and they got they all, all uh, uh, working on all cylinders. So I, I got to believe Cincinnati's going to go into Baltimore. And uh, take another win. Uh, that Terrell Suggs injury out for injury. the season. Out for big, the season. Big, big, big injury, uh, especially against the uh, uh, pass rush, and also against the run. So um, the vaulted run defense of Baltimore uh, is going to get tested to, uh, this this weekend against uh, the two the, the two headed attack of. Um, Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard, and um, the defense, the backside of that defense, better be get ready for Tyler Alfred, um, Marvin Jones, and and AJ Green because here they come. Um, I like uh, Cincinnati to win this game. And that's the thing, you know. I agree with you. I believe that Tyler Eifert, uh is is the real deal. Unfortunately, you know, there's a uh, there's an issue that I believe is is big trouble for, for Cincinnati, and that's that Andy Dalton is not going to win them games. However, 
I will say this. Once Jay, uh, John, no, Jay Gruden left and Hugh Jackson took over, Andy Dalton has been palatable. And that is because Jackson runs the rock. And he helps Andy Dalton. No, no, but, but I ball. mean, I agree with you. Runs no, I agree with you. Runs the ball. He, runs the he ball. runs the rock, and he allows Andy Dalton to not be such a bad quarterback, fantasy-wise. A.J. Green has yet to see the end zone, which hurts a lot of fantasy owners as well. But I think he sees the end zone in this game. Um, Tyler Eifert has been stealing a lot of his touches. Um, if Hugh Jackson had such a quick leash on, you know, Jeremy Hill last week, I wonder what's going to happen if C.J. Mosley and a couple other of the Baltimore Ravens uh, linebackers makes him put the rock on the ground. Um, will Giovanni then steal the job again? I don't know. But Hugh likes to run the rock as an offensive coordinator. Marvin Lewis wants him to run the rock, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think – Baltimore can't go 0-3. They cannot go 0-3. So, and if they go 0-3, I think that uh, there's going to be some calls for new players or, or something, something to take place on that offense to change their fortunes. Uh, so I'm going to call it Baltimore 27, Cincinnati, because Baltimore's at home, Cincinnati 13. Um, I think Ooh, your boy Justin oh, Forsett. Really? I think really? your boy Justin Forsett, yeah, he breaks out in this game. If that zone uh, – they don't do a zone running scheme anymore, but he's a zone uh, running back. So that's hurting him. But I think he gets off in this game. Uh, I really do. Uh, Geno Atkins and, and uh, Dunlap aren't going to be that big of a, a issue here because they're going to run the rock. I really believe that they're going to run the ball maybe 27 27- 30 times, Baltimore, that is. So if if they don't, if they don't, they're not going to have the ball long enough to run it because they're going to have to throw it because Cincinnati's going to run it down their throat. Let's go to the next game, which, by the way, the next game is a surprise for everybody. Why? Because, and I told Jerry about this during the summer. Jerry said, nah, you're crazy. I'm not crazy, Jerry. I'm just I'm a soothsayer. I I see the future. Drew Brees is out. Drew Brees is out of this game. He couldn't throw a pass all week long. And Luke McCown, yes, the other McCown brother, is starting for the New Orleans Saints, going to visit. Before you go any further, did you watch any parts of this game? This game hasn't played yet. New Orleans hasn't played Carolina yet. No, no, no. when New Orleans played last last week, when 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 Drew Brees got hurt. I I, I saw some highlights. After he got hurt, he was throwing the ball at people's feet. He could barely get the ball out of his out of his hand. I got. I mean, I I was I I was amazed. And 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 you know what? This goes back to his injury when he was with San Diego. That, that's what gave Philip Rivers his opportunity because he, he tore right. his rotator cuff. He tore his rotator cuff when he was in San Diego. And uh, I'm not saying they, – they said it's not torn, but it's it's bruised. I've had a torn rotator cuff. Without detachment. Same here. Um, Same and, here. you know, I was playing quarterback, 
And it's no fun if the homies can't have no, none. No, but, it's not. But in this game, and this is what I mean, New Orleans needs to find a running game. They need to find some sort of running game because Mark Ingram can't just get the ball 20, uh, uh, 20 times uh, total with seven of them being passes and 13 of them being rushes. Kerry uh, uh, Robinson or Kirby Robinson, you can't do that. You have to run this rock against Carolina. Luke Coochley is out or doubtful, hi- highly doubtful in this game. No, he's out. And, he's out. Okay, he's out. And what happens is uh, he, your boy. his replacement. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Shut up, Jerry. Shut up. But <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, this he guy, his, his his replacement, his replacement is coming off of the field in passing situations. So New Orleans with Luke McCown, uh, uh, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Colston, Benjamin Watson, Mark Ingram, they're in trouble. Cam Newton is making uh, miracles happen, uh, somersaulting into the end zone, trying to be Superman for real. But with a lack of running game, Carolina looked pretty good last week. Last week, uh, Cam was a very good fantasy play. But Greg Olson still, I don't know, he's in witness protection. I don't know what's with Greg Olson. Um, no, I don't know. He, he had, he, he had uh, uh, I think, about double-digit targets last week. He, he's going to be very heavily targeted again, uh, even more this week because Jeff Cotri is out. So, trust me, Greg Olson fans, owners, you have nothing to worry about. That's that's well, one yeah. guy that's definitely going to get opportunities to catch the football, especially against this defense. <laughs> well, that's that, that that's the thing. You know, they'll have opportunities with uh, with Greg, but he's not pulling the ball in. I don't know what the deal is, but at any rate, real quick, JT, your thoughts on this game? Targets equal equal opportunities. I always say it. Tar- targets equal opportunities. You get double-digit targets, uh, it's going to equate to, most of the time, half of those being caught, most of the time, with a capable receiver. Uh, you're going to get uh, half of that. And usually that equates to some decent yardage and double-digit points in fantasy. Anyway, in this game, this is a no-brainer, man. Come on. No-brainer. I love Carolina in this game, especially at home, especially at home, against their division rival with a backup quarterback and Luke McGowan who is it's absolutely horrible. That's why he's a backup quarterback. Now, the guys that are going to suffer are all the players that you talked about. Uh, Mark Ingram, because they're going to stack the box and have Luke McCowan trying to beat them, and that's going to hurt Brandon Coleman, Marcus Colston, Brandon Cooks, and even in the passing game, C.J. Spiller. So um, I'd be surprised if uh, a New Orleans scores – Two touchdowns in this game. I'd be extremely surprised. I love uh, Carolina in this game big time. All right. Let's move over to a game where his brother, Josh McCown, is starting for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Johnny Menzel sat back down on the bench. And, uh, a guy, and a guy that you want to talk about heavily, Latavius Murray. And the oh, Oakland my Raiders. man. 
head into the dog pound. So here's the deal. Yes, sir. And I'm going to let you take a little bit of shine, not a lot of shine, but a little bit because Mm -hmm. I want to get through all these games. Um, Two questions, and then I'm going to let you break down the game. First question is, what do you think about, you know, uh, Johnny Manziel being sat back down because Luke is back as a quarterback? And number two, um, I know you want to talk about Latavius, so you have a couple seconds to talk about that as well. Go ahead. I think this is one – you know, I thought the the, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns was a a pretty smart guy. Obviously, he can't make his mind up – and and his, yeah, and his coaching staff can't make up the mind. They were doing musical running backs last year, um, depending on what quarter what running back uh, practiced well is the one that was starting the game. That's that's how they decided who was going to start uh, whoever practiced well, which, which is, in my opinion, is stupid because if you have a good running back and and he needs to start and and he's not a good guy in practice. You're going, to, you're going to penalize them for not starting the game. So they screwed it up last year, and now they're screwing up the quarterback position. Now, I'm not a Johnny Manziel fan by any means, and it's been well documented on a lot of shows um, this year and last year. But if he makes plays, whether it's structured plays or um, improvisation, and he's able to get the ball to guys down the field, for big splash plays like he did last week, Travis Benjamin twice, not just once, twice, and the team was rolling with him being the quarterback, and you had issues with Luke McCow when he was in there. Why change it? You drafted this guy uh, 22nd in the draft in 2014. He seems like he made a lot of progress from last year to this year. More humble He's more humble Unlike Jerry. than he was last year. Than he was last year, and he seems like he's more in tune with what he should do and be as a, a, a and act as a NFL quarterback. Why not put the kid in there and give him a chance? You know what you have. You know what kind of tape you have on Luke McGowan. He's a career backup quarterback. Put the kid in okay. there if he doesn't if he doesn't perform well. Take him out. Latavius Murray, tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg on this kid. I'm telling you, I told you earlier, in, before the season started, I like this big three of Oakland. Carr, Cooper, and Murray. And they're balling. They are, three are balling. If you didn't grab them, you, 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 you're going to be left behind. Derek Carr is probably the least talented of the three. Cooper and Latavius Murray have hit the tip of the iceberg and only getting better. But D- Derek Carr is not far behind. I like okay. Oakland in this game. All right, here's your um, Travis Benjamin became a fantasy value guy with Johnny Manziel at quarterback. As you said, he got hit twice for long balls last week with Manziel. Um, I, I believe he needs to be placed back on the uh, waiver wire, um, or he he goes from a number two receiver to a number three receiver with Luke McCown. Um, again, 
Isaiah Crowell probably will get a heavy dose along with Duke Johnson will get a heavy dose of of uh, attention in this game. Why? Because you want to protect your quarterback who's coming off of the injury and also because he's not that good at throwing the ball or improvising. Now, how about that? Mike Patin, and that's what I would say for RG3, but that's, that's not happening in D.C. But uh, Mike Patin is a run-first type of coach. He's a defensive-minded coach. And when you have a guy that can be a big bang or big bust dude, I understand why he's, he's going back to Macau. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Now, on the other side, you say uh, that the, the two big or the three big guns are, you know, Cooper, Carr, and and uh, Murray. And Murray. I, I'm, yeah, and I'm in, inclined to agree with you, except for one thing. If you noticed, Crabtree had 15 targets last week. 15. Sure, sure no problem. Yep. And the, the beauty of that is this. He actually caught about eight or nine of them. And he had a very good mm-hmm. game. However, that makes Oakland dangerous because if you have two reliable yep. receivers, a a very destructive running back who can also catch the ball, uh, and a quarterback who has a thumb injury, he has a thumb injury, perform, watch out. That defense won't have to do but so much, but for so long. But that's the thing. Yep. You know, yep. once you start riding that cage, that defense isn't built to uh, stop anybody. So here's what I'm saying. If for whatever reason Mike Patin decides midstream or it's just a ruse and he puts Johnny Menzel back in the game, Cleveland wins. But if Luke McCown stays in this game, Oakland will destroy Cleveland. And then you're going to hear the chance for Johnny Menzel. Now, he, Last question on this, and then we're going to move forward because I don't want to take too long on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who gets fired first if this doesn't work, the GM or the coach or both? Uh, well, I, I don't think too much of the GM. I think the GM has botched a lot of a lot of things going on on his team, and the coach is not too far behind. So I, I guess they go arm in arm out the door. Okay. Arm and arm out the door because both of them both of them been indecisive and when the decisions been made, they've been bad decisions. I agree. I agree. Although drafting Manziel it was a popular thing, but they wanted to keep him, you know, under wraps, whatever. But Josh Gordon and a couple other things have been some issues. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Moving on because we don't have mm-hmm. much time. Let's go to a game where a lot of players have been out the door. And I'm talking about Atlanta versus Dallas. To me, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why Philly couldn't do nothing against that Dallas defense and why Philly decided to run the spread uh, with DeMarco Murray, knowing they don't have the offensive line to do so. Um, I know. But I also saw a couple things. DeMarco Murray's success was really based upon that offensive line. It was, a, I mean, that game last week with the Philly and Dallas solidified that thought for me because, because Randall had a pretty good game with that offensive line. Darren McFadden came in and finished up the game. And the defense 
for whatever reason, was able to stop Philly um, from doing anything. However, here's the deal. Dallas's defense can be broken because Sam Bradford missed a lot of passes, and a lot of passes were dropped by Nelson Aguilar and especially Jordan Matthews. Uh, right. Sam Bradford made a couple, a couple of bad decisions with the ball. Um, but when you can bring in Brandon Whedon and you're, you lose Tony Romo, you already don't have Dez Bryant, and you have a suspect backfield, and Jason Witten leaves the game, and you still win, something's wrong in Philly. Uh, that's why I really believe Dallas might be 2-0 and right now, but Atlanta's coming to town, and Devontae Freeman is going to have a hell of a game. I believe Julio Jones will have a hell of a game. Merton Hanks. I like Merton Hanks. Uh, not Merton Hanks. Uh, um, Hankerson. Hankerson. Merton Hankerson. You know him yeah, well. He used to be with Washington. Exactly. Exactly. When he can step up and, you know, take over for Roddy White, where Roddy White was completely shut out last week, and he shouldn't have been, uh, but I believe he, he did play. But um, yeah, He played. He played. He's targeted against, once, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. He was completely shut out. Uh, and you already have Julio as that beast. Dallas is in trouble. So I'm going to pick Atlanta to win in a route. And you get Matt Castle. You get Matt Castle to come in. Okay. <laughs> Your future's over. But go ahead, JT, real quick. Real quick? I like Atlanta. Um, I, and... Too many missing pieces, too many uh, things happening uh, on a bad side for the Cowboys. Atlanta comes in with a great win off of the Giants uh, with an offense that's rolling the defense that's inspired by their uh, uh, defensive-minded coach from Seattle. I like Atlanta to win this in Dallas. Agreed. Now to a game that interests you and me as well. Um, during the summer – this quarterback said he couldn't wait to see J.J. Watt. Well, week three, he's going to see J.J. Watt, Jadavion <laughs> Clowney, Vince Wilford, and a whole bunch of other dudes. Your oh, boy, boy. Jameis Winston, takes on your team. Are, are, are we keeping you up? Are we keeping you up, J.J.? <laughs> you heard that? You heard that? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Be careful, Jameis. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, I can tell you that. Be careful what you wish for. Exactly, because J.J. Watt is at home. It's not like you're playing in yep. town. You're playing yep. in Houston. And yep. uh, Ryan Mallett is your quarterback. I don't give him much credit, but uh, he's the quarterback of this Houston, Texas team where DeAndre Hopkins has been labeled as probable, meaning he's injured, but he's going to play. But two guys I need you guys to look out for. I don't care about Alfred Blue. Three guys, actually. Alfred Blue is a non-factor completely. I I don't even know if he's going to get the ball that much. Chris Polk. Polk. Chris Polk took – yes, that's what I said. Polk is going to take over the starting role until Arian Foster comes back, which should be within a couple weeks or so. And Alfred Blue, I believe, has been demoted to second string. That's the first guy. The other two, Cecil Shorts the third along with Nate Washington. First week, Nate Washington was targeted 10 times, pulled in a bunch of them, had a great game. Week two, 
It wasn't expected that he was going to have a good game, but he did. He got targeted another nine times uh, yep. and had a decent game. So those three persons for Houston are my guys you need to watch. Tampa Bay, Mike Evans is not his fault, ladies and gentlemen. I told everybody this in the beginning of the summer, and in some ways I was forced to draft Mike Evans um, in some of my leagues. But I told you, Jameis Winston is not NFL ready. He is not a good quarterback. It'll be proven again. Mike Evans, one target last week. One target last week. Did they win a game? I'm not worried about winning. Listen, listen, listen. They're worried about winning games. Jerry, I I got that. I'm talking about fantasy. I'm talking fantasy-wise, though. He 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 just came off a, a hamstring, so they weren't going to press him, and and I that's oh I think that's the reason why. I, he's a full go. He, he practiced in full all this week. He's I, a full I, I go know. this week. I know. Making excuses for your quarterback, but the the point that I'm getting to is this: that you have two talented wide receivers. You just lost Severus Austin Severus Jenkins for about three or four weeks. Uh, Doug Martin nor Chris Sims has been. Uh, effective in the run game, meaning you're going to have to rely on Jameis Winston against this Houston Texans defense. No, thank you. Houston wins in a laugher. In a laugher. Go ahead, JT. Well, you think I'm going to go against my team? Of course not. Oh, jeez, oh, um, Homer. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't I, I don't think I'm, it's going to be a laugher. I think it's going to be a little closer than you think, but. Um, I think Houston wins this game. Um, plain and simple. Just another uh, uh, um, uh, tape that uh, Ryan Mallett puts on in, 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 the, in the highlight reel because he needs, he needs uh, more tape to be put on to, to see if he, he's the quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um, I think this witness, I think, I think they run, try to run the ball a lot. And I think that uh, uh, the wide receivers that you highlighted – um, and the amount of work they, they get uh, get done, it's going to help them win this game. I like the Houston Texans. Let's go. All right. To go another Texans. game. Go Texans. Oh, geez. Well, I got to give it to you because I talked about my scans for 30 minutes. Um, in a game that is very interesting to me because uh, a guy that I was very high on, Charles Johnson, has virtually, yeah. literally, in three game in two games, only has three catches. Um, mm. Now they're running AP, and a lot of analysts are saying that's the reason why Charles Johnson hasn't had an opportunity. But the on the flip side, I've also said that uh, a good player, as in uh, uh, Randolph, Randolph, is going to have a huge Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Thank Kyle you. Rudolph. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle Rudolph is going to have a huge season because of Adrian Peterson. Now, I didn't expect Charles Johnson to be uh, on the downside of this, but Minnesota hosts San Diego. San Diego is pretty banged up, pretty banged up. Um, But for whatever reason, Phillip Rivers finds ways to keep them in games. I don't think he's going to do it in this game. I think that Minnesota is going to run AP Big time. Charles Johnson gets about six or seven targets. Uh, and I don't think Todd, not Todd Gurley, um, 
What's the old boy from Wisconsin? Um, Gordon. Gordon. I don't think Gordon's going to have too much of a good game in this game. I see more Danny Woodhead being used because uh, they're going to have to throw the ball uh, to get to stay in the game. Ladarius Green is already hurt. Uh, Antonio Gates is still suspended. I don't see much hope for uh, San Diego in this game. JT. Playing in Minnesota, going from the West Coast to the East Coast. Uh, you know what? Central. Central, whatever. Um, this is a tough – this is a very interesting game. Um, one, one quarterback is better than the other. Um, one running back is better than the other. Uh, one, the wide receivers are better uh, than the other ones on the other team. So I'm going with the San Diego Chargers. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm going with the San Diego Chargers. Now, this game has a big point spread. However, however, for whatever reason, I don't think Bill Belichick's going to cover the point spread. He's going to probably run the rock like crazy where Jacksonville takes on New, New England in New England. Jacksonville is not <laughs> an easy go. They're not an easy go. Now, to everybody's surprise, LeGarrette Blunt didn't touch the ball one time last week. And I think that's also because that Lewis uh, has shown yeah, that he can, yeah, he can carry the rock as well as be reliable. Now, mm-hmm. does that hurt LeGarrette? Yes. But this is an issue of you never trust a Belichick running back because you don't know what he's going to do. Only persons you can guarantee you're going to do something is going to be Gronk and sometimes Tom Brady. Tom Brady's on a mission. Uh, he's He almost put up 400 yards last week. I don't think he's going to th- throw the ball that much this week, but I do believe New England goes 3-0 and and defeats Jacksonville. JT. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Julian Edelman was targeted 19 times last week, the most in the NFL, 19 times. He got the most targets of anyone, including Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. He got 31 targets for the season. They're going to throw early and often, and they're going to try to bury, bury early and often the the Jacksonville Jaguars. 14 and a half, I'm thinking they're going to win by three touchdowns. They're going to try to bury Jacksonville. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I think they're gonna to try to take their spirits by running the they, ball. They got a point. The they're gonna they're, they're gonna try to bury them. Trust me, they're gonna okay. try to bury them. <clears throat> well, let's go to the next game, where your heart still lies, even though you don't want to admit to it. Don't believe it. Where stop it? The, stop it. I didn't do any. I didn't do anything. Where Jackson? Stop it. Not Jackson. Where Philadelphia hosts the two and O New York Jets. Now, surprisingly, the New York Jets, who are down uh, Eric Decker and Chris Ivory, which is uh, pretty big here because Bilal Powell now becomes a starting running back for the New York Jets. That also means that Brandon Marshall is going to have plenty of targets, and the way Maxwell has been playing man to man, he's going to have a huge game. Now, Fitzgerald is not the quarterback, or Fitzpatrick, I'm sorry. Fitzpatrick is not, 
is not the quarterback. But I do believe Bilal Powell is is going to help in that regard because Philadelphia, for whatever reason, their def well not for whatever reason their defense does a good job. It they really do. The problem is is their offense can't get anything going. Two games, their negative total yards rushing. Two games. Um, DeMarco Murray's upset. Ryan Matthews isn't saying anything because he's getting paid, but he ain't got to do much. Darren Sproles, believe it or not, is their leading back in receptions and rushing yards. The third back. Kelly made a mistake by letting go a lot of his veterans uh, receivers because Nelson Aguilar uh, is not polished enough to be a starter in the NFL just yet. And uh, Jordan Matthews had the dropsies last week. You're going. Excuse me. Keeping you up. You're, and you know you are, dude. It's 3.05 in the morning. I got an excuse, not you. <laughs> but uh, Jordan Matthews uh, cannot afford to drop the ball that many times. Sam Bradford can't afford to be uh, throwing the ball that many times. They need to change philosophy and run the rock. Line up in the eye, line up in ace, do whatever it is you're going to do, but you need to run the rock conventionally so you can keep that defense fresh. That's the only chance Philadelphia has of beating the Jets. I think the Jets are well coached and they're going to win this game. Real quick, JT, go ahead. I'm going to give you a stat and see if you if you want to change your mind. Since 1973, the Jets have played the Philadelphia Eagles, which is nine times. They haven't beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles are 9-0 and against the Jets since 1973. I like Philadelphia. Okay. Well, this is a new day and a new generation, thank goodness. Um, I like Philadelphia. <clears throat> Remember I said this before, and, and it was, um, I think I think it was on this program, about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. I think we talked about that game uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. And, and, I, and I said to you, and I said, to, <laughs> you know what? I said it on the FSP crew show the, the, the night of that game. I said some teams, no matter what they do, cannot beat a certain team, certain teams. For some reason, it's a karma or whatever, and everybody was jumping on a Kansas City bandwagon, and including my co-host at the time on the FSP Crew Show, which is 8 o'clock on a Thursday night. And I went with, I went with Denver, and Denver won the game. It, the flukiest way, but they won the game. And, and I'm saying the same thing here. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, one team versus the other is going to find a way to lose. And the karma and the history of nine games dating back from 73, 1973, tells me an 0-2 uh, desperate Philadelphia Eagles team is going to go into MetLife Stadium and beat the one-on-one New York Jets. One-on-one? Two-on-two. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0 New York Jets. Even though it's a new regime, while well, all these other 
years they had new regimes and it still didn't change. I'm saying it's going to be the same way. Green versus green and the green that's coming from Philly is going to be the victor and walking out there happy. That's how I feel. Uh, okay. I mean, that sounds like a lot of hate from a former fan, but let's no move hate. on. No hate. No hate. Okay. It's no let's, hate. Trust me, there's no hate. I'm going, okay. I'm going by stati- a statistic here, and statistics take out the, any uh, statistics. Statistics, <laughs> statistics take out any personal feelings. You're just strictly going by the numbers, and the numbers tell me whether it's home or away. Since 1973, every time the Jets have met the Philadelphia Phillies, excuse me, Philadelphia Eagles in the regular season, they've lost. They're 0 and 9. The Jets are 0 and 9. All right. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about another team in the state of Pennsylvania. The Pittsburgh Steelers get Le'Veon Bell back as they take on St. Louis, who, when we last saw them, were getting gassed by the Washington Redskins. Now. I know uh, Fisher took a big issue with his team, which is a definitely defensive team designed to not many plays in the run game. Uh, St. Louis uh, had to deal with uh, that. So with Le'Veon Bell returning and D'Angelo Williams going back to the bench, he was a good guy to have for the first two weeks because he was awesome. Um, Pittsburgh goes into St. Louis. Yes, he was. Uh, But Pittsburgh goes into St. Louis. Three guns. Ben, Brown, Bell, the killer bees. Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. all day, every day. And to think, next week, or it's week after next, uh, Martavius Bryant returns. So just put that in in your pipe and smoke it for a minute. Pittsburgh is serious this year. JT. I've been on the Pittsburgh bandwagon for, for since 2013. Some people have, were slow to jump on that bandwagon, and I'm not naming any names. But It wasn't me. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not naming any names, but I tried to tell people about Pittsburgh in 2013, and nobody wanted to hear it until they were surprised about He talked Bell, about Antonio Brown. Brown. Wait a minute. Bell? Brown and Roethlisberger, so Ben, Big Ben. So, I, and I, a lot of people were down on Big Ben, and I was, I've been talking about Ben since 2013. I, what I saw and what I saw was going to happen, it happened, and it's been carrying on for the last three seasons, going into this 2013, 2014. All three of them guys exploded, uh, but it started in 2013. 2014, they exploded, and they're carrying it further in 2015. And the, the problem I have is here is this: the offensive line um, can be pushed, can be pushed, especially against this oh. big defensive line. Against this big defensive line in St. Louis, um, a lot of people I think th- this game is going to be closer than most people think. If it wasn't, if it was in Pittsburgh, I'd, I'd say it probably they probably win by ten points. It's in St. Louis where that crowd and the team, the defense especially, gets pumped up for whoever walks in there. Um, this is going to be a close game, and I will not be surprised if St. Louis wins this game. Um, most people count them out because of the prolific offense in Pittsburgh. 
but I'm calling for an upset here in St. Louis. All right. All right. Let's go to a game that should be pretty good. Marcus Mariota takes on a freshly yelled at Indianapolis Colts. And I, and I what? forgot to I, I forgot to bring this up because I don't think you did. Todd Gurley is supposed to be making his pro yes. debut this weekend, so yes, we're going to get is. an eyeful of, of how Todd Gurley is going to be able to run through to a not too bad run defense. Pittsburgh's problem is their backside of their defense, not their front seven. Agreed. I, I didn't mention Todd Gurley. You're right. Very good uh, for those that have him. We'll see what the young man can do. I think he's a beast, but we'll see if that knee's ready. Also, yep. uh, moving on to Indianapolis at Tennessee, we've got about 15 minutes left of live air and five games okay. to go. Let's knock them out. Okay. Um, okay. Indy goes to Tennessee uh, after, you know, uh, I got the head coach in, in Indy. Oh, my God. Um, just had his name in my head that he brought in that Todd Gurley business. Um Anyway, after he yelled at, at Gregson, he yelled at Andrew Luck, he yelled at everybody, the Colts Chuck come Pagano. into this. Chuck Pagano, yes, because he was accused of being too soft. But then they lost last week. He went off on everyone to include the general manager. Now, I don't know if it's going to work, but Andrew Luck, Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, they better step up because Marcus Mariota, even though he looked, he didn't look that good last week, Marcus Mariota, who was without the uh, Laney Walker, and I think that was one of the main reasons, uh, and lack of a run game, uh, are, they're coming to town. Everybody's looking, looking a little bit healthier in uh, Tennessee. But the Colts, who are 0-2, are on a mission. I think they become one and two at the end of this game. Go ahead, JT. Shootout. There's going to be a shootout. None of these teams can stop each other, or the defenses, I'm saying. And they got offensive weapons on both, uh, uh, on either side of the field. On In, in Indy, they got weapons, and quite naturally, they have it, uh, weapons in Tennessee also. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout. And I do believe uh, um, Indy, in desperation mode, not wanting to go 0-3, squeaks this out. Very good. Uh, let's go to the San Fran, Arizona game, where I am a Carson Palmer believer, and I'm only believing Thank Gary you. Fitzgerald. Thank you. Will you be quiet? Thank Will you. you. Quiet? Will you be quiet? I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you again. Try to tell you again. You wouldn't listen. I'm tr- you wouldn't Jerry. listen. Jerry, I'm listening, and I'm trying to get through the show, so be quiet. Go so ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm also a Larry Fitzgerald believer only when Carson Palmer's in the game. When Carson Palmer's in the game. Good. Stop. How's your back feel? How's your back feel? Feel pretty good? Uh, my back feels great, man. I told you to feel like talking today. I told you that. Nah, I, 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 I know because you keep patting oh, yourself on the back. <laughs> so anyway. I tell, well, I keep on telling you. I keep telling people and they don't listen. And, and it, it's frustrating to me when I when it's frustrating hey. to me. I, I give, hey, I give you the, 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 the numbers and all, and you and you don't listen. You think you go, you go another way, and Jerry, keep proving you wrong. 
he's not proving me wrong because I've already decided and I've already drafted these players. So I listen. So you're talking to other people. You must be talking to yourself. But anyway, um, San Fran goes to Arizona, and here's the Mm -hmm. deal. Carlos Hyde's a little banged up, but he's a powerful runner. Uh, Torrey Smith is a little banged up. Anquan Bolden's doing uh, decently. Again, no sign of Vernon Davis. And Kaepernick had a career year, I mean, a, a career game last week, but that's because they had to throw the ball, and they still got blown out. They're heading to Tempe, Arizona, where uh, Chris Johnson, 2J, YK2J, uh, is the starting running back again this week because Ellington's out. Last week he did pretty well versus Chicago. I thought he should have done a lot more, but 20 carries, 78 yards is not bad, especially in a PPR. Uh, but he's taking on a surprisingly stout San Fran defense. Um, and that is surprising to me because I didn't think they were going to be that good, losing so many players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but I'm going to give the edge to the home team. I'm going to call this Arizona in a close game, field goal type game. JT, real quick. I like uh, Arizona, and I think they win by at least a touchdown in this game. At least okay. a touchdown in this game. Okay. I mean, uh, that's still kind of close. Uh, let's go to another game that I think is going to be very interesting. Honestly, uh, I think it has potential to be the most uh, well-played defensive game of the week, and that's Buffalo at Miami. Um, I got it. I'm really interested in this game. Yes, I am too. Tyrod Taylor is proving Rex Ryan right. He's pretty good. A lot of people didn't think he could bring the team back uh, because he's a mobile quarterback. Well, last week, he almost helped the uh, Buffalo Bills defeat the New England Patriots. They lost, but at least he showed that he could throw the rock accurately and get the ball to the proper people. Now, Miami on the other side. Lamar Miller has been not what a lot of people expected him to be this year. Uh, their passing game is going through Jarvis Landry, which is what everyone expected. Um, and at the same time, uh, Cameron, Jordan Cameron hasn't been that effective. But the defense of the Miami Dolphins is keeping him in games. Yeah, I mean, I told you guys this. Now, I might have been mistaken on the linebacker or the, or the, or the, the player that's going to be the beast this year because Jelani Jenkins looks like he's the one being uh, the recipient of all this front-line pressure and not Cameron Wake. Whatever. I told Shut you. up. I told you I like Cameron Wake. <laughs> I told you. That's another one I told you about. And that this is your okay. forte, IDP. Shut up, JT. So, anyway <laughs> – so anyway, Yo, I'm go, gonna ahead. Pick, go ahead. I'm going to pick Buffalo to win this game. Ooh, ooh. Miami has been on the road for two games. This is their home opener. Home opener, divisional opponent. I know it's Rex Ryan and a vaulted defense. I like Miami in this game. All right. In a game that should be the least watched game in America this week, Chicago <laughs> Chicago goes to Seattle where Cam Chancellor – what are you laughing at? What are you, what's You're right. This is, this is so, yeah, this is I know I'm right. But Cam Chancellor, 
returns to the Seattle Seahawks backfield. So the Legion of Boom has its leader back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And take it out on the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Everybody's I, down I, for I feel, Chicago. I feel sorry for Jimmy Clausen. He's got Jake, well, Jake, 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 Jake Cutler uh, picked the right game to get hurt and not be able to, <laughs> to perform. And going into Seattle with a, uh, a Seattle team that uh, just came off a loss and now have gotten two the loser back. and Two losses, yes, that's right. I'm sorry, two losses. And felt lost without their, uh, uh, um, their leader in Cam Chancellor. And he's finally back. They're going to take it out on the next opponent, and unfortunately it's the Chicago Bears led by Jimmy Clausen. And here's the other part to this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there's no Alshon Jeffries either. So, Martellus, no. Bennett and Matt, Martellus Bennett and Matt Forte are going to have a very long day. Now, with that being yep. said, Stevie Johnson is probable. He has some issues too. I don't know if Stevie Johnson is going to be worth the play this week, especially going to Seattle with Jimmy Clausen as a quarterback. Who? Who? Who's yeah. Stevie Johnson with San Diego, man. What are you talking about? Nasty, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Eddie Royal? Who's the guy? Eddie Royal. There you go. Eddie Royal? Eddie Royal. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Uh, Eddie Royal might not be a good player, but he might be the only play at wide receiver besides the young uh, guy that lost his job to him. Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but again, they're going to Seattle. Seattle has not won yet. Jimmy Graham has said he's frustrated, uh, but I think all that frustration goes out on Chicago. I see Seattle putting up 40-plus on Chicago, and uh, I'm sorry for Matt Forte. I really am. I love Matt, and I got him in a couple leagues, but this game, you might want to hang it up, peeps. Go ahead, JT. Oh, you, you, I already told you how I feel. This is this is this is a no-brainer to me. Um, they win this by a couple of touchdowns, if not more. Um, this is just I mean, this is Chicago. Just let I me mean, put it this way: the Bears are being fed to the Lions. How Pretty can I much. say it any more than that? <laughs> Pretty much, or the beat, or the, the beat. or the the buzzards, the 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 Seahawks are. Eating the carcasses of the bear. Either way, pick the pick the, pick the, the carcasses, of the, pick the bones of the bears. How's that? Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever way you want to run it, uh, it's not going to be pretty in in Seattle for the bears. Not at you better, all. You better be. You better, you got, the players in the, in the of the bears better enjoy the scenery and and, and the. Uh, uh, the uh, 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 tourist attractions, because that's the only thing they're going to be able to enjoy. They're not going to be able to enjoy the game. Agreed. Now to another game that should be enjoyable, the Sunday night game. Uh, The Detroit Lions host the Denver Broncos. Denver, who has not looked good at all, but has found ways to win, go to Detroit, who also has not looked good, but they're one and one. Um, Megatron, had a good game last week, but they still lost. No, they won. They won. Or is Detroit 0-2? I can't remember. Either way, the the point being is this. Sam Braff is a little nicked up. Joyke Bell is trying to get back into the game, 
but it's obvious. Sam Bradford, women, women. I mean, not Sam Bradford. I meant Stafford. Stafford. Are you delirious? It's three twenty-four in the morning. What do you expect? Okay, so Sam, Matt Stafford. Shut up. There you go. There you go. Whatever. Matt Stafford is banged up. Um, I don't expect Golden Tate to do much, especially uh, with Chris Harris checking him. And then you have uh, Keith Tlaib on Megatron. So that means Abdullah is going to have to do something in this game because if they try to run Joyke Bell, who was ran the ball, what, like four or five times uh, in each of the last two games, it's not going to be pretty for Detroit. Peyton and, and, and company are going to expose that secondary. Um, it, this isn't going to be a huge PPR game for a lot of people. It's not. It's, it's going to be a game, but it's not going to be a huge PPR. I have Denver going 3-0 and uh, and Detroit going either 0-3 or 1-2. Uh, i got to look at that thing and see. But uh, go ahead, JT. Well, it's like this. I expect Denver to go in there and handle Detroit, even though Detroit plays a lot better at home. Um, Detroit's two, two um, Denver's two and zero. Oh, Detroit's zero oh and two. Uh, this season can go down to two, basically, if they lose this game against Denver. Uh, I think this game is going to be pretty close. Uh, but both these teams, one hasn't played that well, and the other one is, is desperate for a win. Um, but I like uh, Denver to squeak this out. Agreed. Hopefully, C.J. Anderson can uh, find a way to, to hold the job because right now, Ronnie Hillman has 21 carries, 75 yards. C.J. Anderson has 24 carries, 56 yards. The running game is piss poor in Denver, but you know I'm they're sure not going away. Yeah. They got to find a way to make something happen. All right, we got three minutes left of live air, one game to go, and then we have one question that we're going to do in overtime. Here we go. Kansas City goes to Green Bay. Now, Green Bay uh, may be playing without Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy hasn't practiced all week long. Now, that could mean that he's just getting a lot of limited, limited bases on Friday. Yes, but no contact. And the thing is, if you look at um, the destructive force of Kansas City, you need a back that's going to run the rock in between the tackles. Now, Starks can do that, but Eddie Lacy has an a injury history. He's always out one or two games during the season. Uh, Cobb might line up in the backfield a lot more now. Starks is definitely going to be the every down back. Uh, and Devontae Adams, is he going to be that number two, or is he just going to be the other guy? You know, will Richard Rodgers get more opportunities at tight end? They're going to need him. They're going to need him in this game. So what I'm telling you is I think Kansas City goes into Lambeau with Calise or Cleese, um, Charles, and I, I'm making a bold prediction, very bold prediction. You ready for it, JT? A wide receiver 
from Kansas City gets in the end zone. I believe Jeremy Macklin scores a touchdown. I say this because Morgan Burnett may or may not play. And if he doesn't play, that run game is going to be efficient enough to where uh, play action is going to work. 90 seconds left, JT. Your thoughts on this game? Jerry. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wins this with no problem. He has a – and I wish I had the statistic in front of me uh, – a phenomenal record um, at Lambeau Field playing home games. Uh, Kansas City still goes through the same, another game without a wide receiver scoring a touchdown. It ain't going to happen. Aaron, um, uh, he's going to throw to a tight end or a running back, and they're going to get into the end zone. I'm talking about Alex Smith. Green Bay comes goes goes to bed um, Monday night along with their fans with a win. Got to disagree with you, but it is what it is. Okay, we've got about 30 seconds left to live there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to thank you for listening to us. We are here every Saturday doing what we do to do it for you. Next week we're going to do week four and our stars and sits and all the other good stuff. We're about to go into overtime real quick with two questions. First question. Out of the 0-2 teams and 1-2 and teams, who is really in trouble? Okay. Question number two. Was it a bad trade? Seattle and New Orleans. We'll talk about it right now. JT, I'll start off with the second question. Was it a bad trade? Is Jimmy Graham going to Seattle, not working out, and Max Unger uh, going to Seattle? I mean, going to New Orleans, not working out. No, it's a it's a good trade. Um, they needed they needed somebody in Seattle that could catch the football. Um, he just so happens to be at the tight end position, but he slashed tight end slash wide receiver. Uh, and they needed they needed another offensive weapon. Um, Marshawn Lynch is not getting any younger, and they needed and somebody not to play. be able to. And, and so they needed somebody that is uh, um, um, not a, a running back to be able to catch the ball for Russell Wilson to, to, uh, um, to have as another offensive option. They needed a center to protect Drew Brees in, the, uh, um, in, the, uh, um, New, Orleans. in New Orleans. And, it, and they needed but look how somebody that turned who – Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But they needed someone else, someone else uh, uh, also, to be able to, besides protect Drew Brees, to be a, able to stabilize that offensive line and be able to run the football like they want to, and that was Max Unger. So, yes, it worked out for both of them as we see it right now. Um, and I still see it in the future that it, this is not this, this not, was not a bad trade. Uh, it was a good trade, a, a need for both teams. And uh, um, even though the record for both teams is not what they want it to be, both players are playing the way the two teams respectively want them to play. All right. Well, here's, here's the other part to that. You say that they needed another pass-receiving threat. The problem is that Russell is throwing to the other tight end. The other tight end, I can't remember his name, had seven receptions last week. It was Luke. Luke Wilson. Okay. Luke had seven receptions last week. One was a touchdown. Jimmy, one reception. So, okay. I, I'm not saying. One week. It's one week. No, 
Okay, but things for the happen. past two weeks, things happen. No, no, two weeks. Wilson has been out targeted, uh, Jimmy Graham. So it's not just it'll one work week. Out. It'll so, work out. But we'll see. It'll we'll see. It'll work right. out. Question number two. Let me put it this way. Let me let me put it this way real quick. Let me put it this way. They're zero and two. Jimmy Graham hasn't been targeted. So something has to change. Guess what? Jimmy Graham's going to get targeted now because it's obvious that he needs to get targeted. They were, they're zero and two. So something's got to change. We'll see. We'll see. So that segues right into all the zero and two teams. We're going to talk about Philly, Seattle, Baltimore, uh, Detroit, um, all these other teams that are zero and two that are supposed to be contenders. Indianapolis. Okay, let's talk about this, JT. Now, sure. I, I throw I throw Denver in here because Denver has not been a very uh, they have not looked good at all, not at I'm all. Winning. But but they're winning. You can't throw you can't, you can't throw Denver in here. They're, they're two and zero. I got it, but they're they're struggling. I'll fall, I'll fall back on Parcells if they can win. Um, um, and playing bad and, and it, they're still undefeated, then um, what happens when they get th- that much better? So you are what your record is. You're 0-2 or 2-0. and All right. Well, Mr. 2-0, 0-2, who is – is Minnesota 1-1 one one or – yeah, Minnesota won last week. Okay. So yeah, out of the, all the 0-2 teams, all the 0-2 teams, Philly, Indianapolis, uh, Seattle, Detroit. Who is in trouble for real? And New Orleans, by the way. Who's in trouble for real? Uh, well, the biggest, the biggest, and one Baltimore, the biggest and, Baltimore and Baltimore. I'm sorry, the, forgot Baltimore. The big, the, the biggest surprise, and the biggest ones that are really on a hot seat is in, in Indianapolis. A lot of a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people have put Indianapolis into the Super Bowl. Um, and to start off 0-2 is a complete surprise. Now they went up against Buffalo and the New York Jets, two two big time defenses, and they got their butt handed to them. Um, but and 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 people are pointing fingers and 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 uh, calling people out. So this is a big week. They got to get back on the winning winning side of um, one loss record, and, and they have to get a win first. So I would say the Indianapolis Colts are on a hot seat. Um, I would say the not so much, but I would say that the uh, and, and in, in this order, I say the Seattle Seahawks, and then I would say the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and. Um, Probably the Detroit Lions, and then uh, the Houston Texans. Um, all these teams that I've talked about have playoff aspirations, uh, or being able to get into the playoffs and do a, um, a, a lot. With the exception, probably the Houston Texans, but Seattle Seahawks, the um, Detroit Lions, the. Um, uh, um, uh, Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens are expected to get into the playoffs and, and make a run to get into the Super Bowl. 
Okay. So which team is the one that's, you know, really, really in trouble out of all of them? Which one is the one that, okay, their season is pretty much done, and it's only two games into the season? I would say, and, and, and I would say this. Um, my Houston Texans, for one, um, I think they have a pretty fragile psyche, if I do say so myself. And I think uh, if they go 0-3, um, there'll be a lot of gloom and doom in there. Uh, quite naturally, um, I would say the same team in the South, in the AFC South, would be the Indianapolis Colts. They cannot lose another game. Uh, heads, heads will roll if they lose another game. I, I can almost, I, I can almost guarantee that. Heads will roll if Indianapolis Colts lose against the Tennessee Titans. Now, whose head and would I, roll? Is it Chuck or is it, no, you know, somebody I think, else? I, th- I think the first, the first, the first one to go would be Chuck. I would think the first one to go would be Chuck, and then the next next one to fall, the next domino to fall would be the general manager because he's the one that brought, uh, put the groceries in Chuck Chuck's uh, uh, grocery bag. So I would think that the general manager would go after that. But the first one to go to shake things up would be Chuck. I can agree with that because um, he got, went out of character this past week after the loss. And after the the uh, reports of him not being tough enough on the players, and he yelled at everybody, mm-hmm. and he talked about uh, Andrew Luck, he talked about Grixon, he talked about everybody, uh, but himself. But nobody's saying he's arrogant or anything like that, like they do with RG three. But I'm gonna leave that alone. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we want to thank you. That's right. Yes, we want to thank you for listening to our program. Uh, our OT session is over, but I'm gonna tell you right now. Tomorrow, yes, at 10 a.m. Yeah, I believe from 10 to 12. From 10 to 12, JT is gonna 10, be doing 10, the master 11, plan. Oh, 10 to 11:30. JT is gonna be doing the master plan. Uh, yes. You know, so hopefully he gets things done. He was supposed to call me last weekend so I could help him I out, did. but he failed it. I did. Oh, well. I had my phone buzzing, but it didn't buzz for me. And you know I got to get up. I'm old and the time difference. But regardless of that, uh, JT will be hosting the show. Hopefully he'll have uh, someone with him. If not, I'm quite sure he'll do it all by himself extremely well because that's what he does to get you ready for your mm-hmm. fantasy uh, Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Got anything you want to say real quick, JT? Tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to give you some, um, some nice tidbits. Some of these guys performed last week like I said they would. Quite naturally, I can't be perfect, but I try to be as on point as I possibly can. 10 a.m., 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday, the master plan. Tune in. All right. And his uh, his appearance fees are $200. So when he appears on certain shows, we expect some money from certain people for his okay. services. Okay. But uh when that will that appearance be coming up soon? Uh I haven't uh um corresponded back. So until okay. I correspond back I uh, uh I can't uh, say. Um 
I, I have an activity on Monday that, that I that I do, so I have to um, oh, yeah. make arrangements. Make arrangements so I, I can appear and give them a, a, a good a, a, a good quality for my fee. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna get that fee, dude. I really don't think you're gonna get that fee. But uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the show. We're about to get out of here. And uh, by the mm-hmm. way, one last thing, JT. One last thing. Hail to the Redskins! Ah! Fantasy sports and politics. You wanna talk back? You in the right place? So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 yeah. other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We talking fantasy sports and politics. Fantasy sports. 